Your brain is an incredible operational center, and one of its many jobs is to capture, sort, and plan all of your brilliant ideas. And I guess that's why James Altucher refers to us as idea machines. But if you feel low in energy, fatigue, or lethargic, or have regular brain fog, your brain that's over 80% water most likely needs both rest and nourishment. Listen, our culture, unfortunately, encourages overindulgence in general. Our media encourages consumption of the unhealthiest non-foods on the planet and driven by our habits our own habits we forget to question how do i feel in relation to what i eat and drink well let's do a gandhi and fuel your idea machine by powering up your most important operational asset you are listening to the thriving empire podcast a show designed exclusively to help you avoid working 24 7 to help you eliminate overwhelm and help you live your ultimate life while you figure out how to make money from your ideas this show should be your number one resource for no-brainer strategies tactics and tips for launching your ideas with more ease vision and freedom so that you can change the world drama free i'm your host stephanie holland strategist traveler and coconut macaroon addict welcome Welcome to season two, kickstart your mini empire so that you can create the life you really want. So let's get started. Good morning from my hometown of London. Oh my gosh, I love being here. It's so nostalgic. Mum is here too at the moment and we're hanging out. We're eating the best Indian food you can get. Only better than India because it's easier to ask for dairy-free options. But actually, we forgot last night when we were ordering home delivery. And lo and behold, there was cream in the sag bhaji, the spinach ditch. Oh, we were so disappointed. So mum took that home for my sister's family because they still eat like normal people. Um, we don't eat cow dairy anymore because the cows are injected with antibiotics and hormones. And if there's one thing I don't want to mess with, it's my hormones. Anything that affects your hormone balance affects every cell and function in your body, not in a good way, and can accelerate aging. So that's why we avoid that now. Now, over the past 20 years, I've made it my personal business, actually, to read, research, learn, experiment, and integrate as much as I can about food and nutrition. It's become a critical component of thriving on all levels for me while I launch my ideas. And probably one of the core reasons I've been able to create my dream life. Now, that sound, might sound weird, but think about it. When you nourish your body, your brain functions better. But even more symbolically, taking care of yourself feels good. And it's an act of self-love. And when you love and genuinely take care of yourself, you make better, high-integrity decisions for your life and work. And you actually find yourself in alignment across more areas of your life and continue to stay in alignment as you continuously question the balance of everything. And besides, my body is my temple. It's my spiritual home. It's my vehicle for travel. It carries me around the world on all my amazing adventures, launching my products, meeting and connecting with incredible people. And just by being physically and emotionally healthy, I can navigate the ups and downs of launching my ideas with more ease and joy, regardless of the outcome. Honestly, it makes life so much easier if you feel good within your body all of the time. 
Because who wants to feel brain, uh, sort of brain fog um, and fatigue while they're trying to write content, creating new sales funnels, writing your podcast scripts, recording your great content? Who wants to feel crappy while you're doing that? Now, if you do feel crappy at any point of the day, sort of physically or mentally, you're probably most likely malnourished. So in the next two episodes, we're actually talking about food and water as a strategic imperative for your life and work. They are the most simple ways to maximize your personal power that is a thousand percent within your control. So even if you choose to relinquish that troll, that's totally up to you and that is totally fine. But listen up. This is the difference between what Brooke Castillo refers to as emotional childhood or adulthood. Because listen, once your prefrontal cortex is developed, now that's the part of the brain that you can cultivate between 25 and 35 years old. That's when you're in the driving seat and you can tap into your kind of inner voice, your inner wisdom, and use that to make decisions in your life. But this takes a lot of introspection, being able to ask and answer powerful questions like, how do I want to feel? And then make powerful decisions and commitments in your diet and the rest of your life to the results that you want to create for yourself. When you can do that, you've entered into adulthood and that's when you come into your full power. It's very cool. I think it's actually really a shame because food has to some degree become fashion. Superfoods, for example, have become really cool. But at the end of the day, a superfood here where you are, where you live normally, is simply an everyday food somewhere else. So so take acai, um, for example, which is an everyday staple in Brazil, which costs very, almost nothing there. And in the West, in, in Europe, in London, it'll cost you half your paycheck. And it's really expensive simply because it's imported. But there are other red berries you can eat instead to get the similar benefit. And also there's coconut water. So 20 pesos, which is about $1, you can get them fresh from the tree in Mexico. And yet, in the West, in Europe, you're paying $5 to drink it from a Tetra Pak. Great. <laughs> Don't fall for fashion fads. You still have to ask the same question. How does it really make me feel? If it makes you feel great, great. Keep paying an arm and leg for it. And if it doesn't, or if you could benefit from an alternative, do that instead and save your precious earnings to invest in other areas of your life. There are other things as well, you know, these fashionable fads that people do without really questioning how they make them feel, which is kind of crazy. So for example, apple cider vinegar gives me stomach pains, but everybody raves about it. And coconut oil also makes me feel sick if I have it in large quantities. And it's in every raw vegan dessert recipe I see. But who wants their entire life to taste like coconut oil? I don't think so. I don't. There are thousands of expensive and trendy ingredients that you probably don't need. Listen, all you have to do is find out what you thrive on and then find out what foods in your local area contain it. So blueberries instead of acai or maybe water with a little sprinkle of Himalayan crystal salt instead of imported coconut water if you want an electrolyte. But also don't make it someone else's responsibility to inform you about what's healthy and what isn't, especially the media and even worse, social media influencers, by the way, half of whom have up to 43% fake followers and are actually costing advertisers who sponsor them $1 billion in wasted investments, which is 
kind of beside the point, but kind of interesting as well. But find people and information sources that you trust and then conduct your own experiments. I usually try things for three to six months, depending on what it is. And after that three to six month uh, experiment, I decide, you know, did this benefit with me? What were the results? Did I feel substantially better? Do I want to continue or do I want to try my next experiment? Um, One of these people for me that I trust wholeheartedly is Susie Grant. And her book called Alternative Aging has been my go-to food and nutrition Bible for almost two decades. And I really use it as the first port of call for everything before then doing my own first research and experiments. And I find that that really works for me. So make it your personal business to become very discerning about what you eat and why. Why are you eating it? Because it really makes you feel radiant, because everybody else is eating it, um, or because it's simply a habit. And how does it actually really, truly make you feel? Now, Gandhi... By no means a perfect human, but honestly, he did some extraordinary things. One thing he did extraordinarily well was keep a note of everything that he ate and drank for two years, analyzing how he felt in relation to it so that he could understand himself better. Now, you don't have to be qualified, a qualified nutritionist, to know that your body is acutely affected by what you eat and drink every day. So this episode is an a very simple invitation to pay attention to what food and drink works for you and what doesn't. Because either way, food will affect your body and your mind. You will feel so different differently, um, both physically and mentally, when you eat a fresh green salad versus when you eat a Domino's pizza. Okay, you know that much. But just because something is healthy and it's um, deemed healthy by the social scientists and the media and the social media influencers and your friends doesn't mean it's good for you. So for example, I can't digest beans and lentils, yet the vegan community rave about the health and protein benefits of beans and lentils. If you can't digest it and use it as fuel, it's junk for your body and junk for your mind. So what is junk food for you? Start thinking about that. Do you know what it is? It's not just Nutella. It might also be almonds and a very useful first port of call for that for me was the blood type diet by Peter Dadamo. As an A negative, I was able to understand which foods my body can use as fuel, which are neutral and make up 80% of my diet and which are harmful for me every day that I can actually delete immediately. So I started doing the blood type diet 20 years ago. And really that was my baseline for experimentation along with the insights of Susie Grant. So I experimented along the blood type lines. And then within those experiments, experiments, it's experiments, I added new ideas, new habits, and new experiments over over the last 20 years on top of that. So it's constantly evolving and changing as the needs of my body and brain change, depending on my location, my climate, my health routine, my fitness, the type of exercise I'm doing, everything. If we don't take care of ourselves by eating and drinking the most nourishing foods and liquids, we can't really last very long before we burn out. So really it is a strategic imperative to eat and drink well. You will only thrive to the degree that you make high quality choices about what you eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, all of your desserts, and all of your snacks as well. I actually have an 80-20 rule. You may have heard of this. 
I want to eat really healthy, nourishing things at least 80% of the time. I think I probably do that 95% of the time, but I think it's also okay for 20% of what you eat and drink to be not necessarily healthy or aligned with how you want to feel because your body is that intelligent that it does remember what you do the 80%. But I still think it's important to make sure that every bite you take is aligned with the vision of the life you want and how you want to feel within that vision. So here's my challenge for you. Use all of your meals and snacks and drinks to fuel your creativity, productivity, and momentum. So I invite you to start paying much better attention to how what you eat and drink makes you feel. Even supposedly the healthy things that can also make us feel bad if our particular body type can't process it or use it as fuel. And especially start paying attention to how the following things make you feel. Salt, sugar, coffee, tea, alcohol, and other stimulants that you take. Wheat, gluten, dairy, and meat. Just start paying attention to those. Do you, do you feel energized after you eat these things? Or do you notice certain patterns in how you feel and when you have certain symptoms of fatigue or brain fog in relation to those foods? Look at your diet, look at your symptoms, see what connections you can draw. And don't you dare think that by doing this, you're giving up pleasure. Because being healthy is not about giving up pleasure. It's about deriving more pleasure from real food. Because when you cut out junk food, your taste buds recalibrate and real food starts to taste even better. So it's about combining health and pleasure in every bite that you take. And it's about a whole new relationship with food that I tell you, once you have this beautiful relationship, you will never look back. But that's also that the pleasure principle is also why I avoid substitutes. I just stopped eating bread. I stopped eating pasta because there is no delicious substitute as far as I'm concerned for those things. Especially this was important 20 years ago when we couldn't really find decent substitutes. I think you can find good substitutes now, but I got into the habit of not eating dead processed carbs. I just don't need it. I found it much easier to give up those things and just change my entire food philosophy and what I put in my body. But listen, I really love food. I consider myself a foodie. I love flavor and I really enjoy eating. So flavor is really important to me. But I had to rebuild from scratch the way I think about food, the way I think about preparing meals, making meals, planning meals and ingredients and using them from scratch. And, you know, I do share a lot of ideas with you in this podcast series and also in the podcast pack. But um, what am I making today, for example? So I'm making a delicious broccoli, beetroot, ginger garlic rice infused with sumac and served with steamed salmon. It's crazy good. And that's how I eat every day. I really take the time as part of my investment in myself to prepare nourishing meals three times a day. So here's my task for you. I want you to do a Gandhi. I challenge you to keep a food and symptom diary for one week. It's actually a really powerful incentive to quit junk, junk food immediately because it's really icky writing down that you ate half a tub of ice cream or half a 
half a jar of Nutella or 100 grams of chocolate in one sitting, just writing it down instantly makes you accountable um, for everything you put in your mouth and an instant reminder to eat right. So all you have to do is keep a record of everything you eat and drink for a week. And at the end of each day, you just notice things like, when did you feel happy, light, and energized? When did ideas flow most freely? When were you able to problem solve easily and creatively? When did you feel full or bloated? When did you have headaches or feel lethargic? When did you feel tired and lackluster or irritable, stressed and anxious or underwhelmed, disconnected or apathetic? This is really just an exercise, a very simple exercise in asking yourself how you feel every day and noticing how your diet affects how you feel. Because it's one of the easiest things in your life to change that is a thousand million billion percent within your control. And then I challenge you to develop your own food code. So when you're at home, you're in charge of your own food destiny. When you're in the world, you're, you're to a degree at the mercy of your ability to plan ahead or eat what's on offer. So it's a two-part code. You've got a, one code for at home and one code for in the world. And this is something you can pin on the fridge or keep with you when you're in the supermarket or have at hand when you're shopping online for your weekly food shop. So for example, my in-home food code is this. No substitutes, only naturally free from foods. 80% fruit and veggies. Avoid eating in a rush. Slow meals, slow eating. No cow dairy, ever. Eat meat only when I desperately crave it. Understand my craving code, so that's what I'm craving and why, and satisfy it in a mining, uh, mindful way. And drink water eight times a day. And my out-of-home food code is this. Salad is my savior, if nothing else. Always without the bun. That refers to when I grab a burger, when it's the second healthiest thing on the menu. And indulge when the experience is worth it and when the consequence is tolerable. So here are some other general food codes you can try. Try eating when... Or try avoid eating rather when you're stressed or rushed because your blood supply goes straight to your muscles to support the stress instead of to your digestive system so that you can end up feeling bloated. Try to calm down first and then eat slowly bite by bite. Also, you can try to eat more, um, more in the front end of the day, front load your day because our metabolism just naturally works faster and more efficiently in the morning and less in the evening. So front load your day with more nourishment that you need to carry you through. And then also try to eat at least three to four hours before you go to bed. So usually if your belly is full when you lie down, your diaphragm will be squashed, which will affect your breathing, which then of course the quality of your breathing affects the quality of your sleep. And then if you don't sleep well, you won't feel refreshed and revitalized the next day. So if you're starving last thing, thing at night, eat something fresh or light. So when I get home late from the theater or something and I'm desperately starving, I'll often have a miso soup with three tablespoons of cooked quinoa, which is really very light and easy to digest and doesn't affect my sleep. So those are some ideas for your new food code. If you have the podcast study pack two, crack open worksheet 2.1 to start fueling your idea machine today, your life will change. I promise you it is just game changing. And if you don't have your copy of the podcast study pack yet, don't worry. You can grab your copy at stephanieholland.co forward slash 37. You'll get a worksheet for each episode so that you can implement your learnings and insights ASAP. And you'll also get multi 
media resources that I don't share anywhere else. It's a steal at $27. So until next time, keep thriving on all levels so that you can stay in the game until you get the results you're looking for. Thank you again for joining me today. Have a beautiful week. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire Podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Now, if you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now. Head over to stephanieholland.co and sign up right on the page so you never miss an episode. You'll also get my latest strategic worksheet for maximizing your personal freedom while you launch your ideas. And if you enjoyed this episode a lot, I would love it so much if you would do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This will help me get the podcast discovered by more solopreneurs so that I can help them minimize the pain, drama, and burnout of launching their ideas too. Just search for Thriving Empire on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, and review. Thank you so much. So you have a beautiful week, and I'll see you next time on Thriving Empire.